Welcome to the Nashville Vineyard Podcast. For more information, please check us out at www.nashvillevineyard.org. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Happy Sunday. Welcome to Nashville Vineyard Live. I'm glad you're with us. I know people from all over the world are tuning in and we want to say thank you. Welcome. We're praying for you and uh, we hope that this some way lifts you up and helps uh, in this time uh, for you. As you can tell, if you've been tuning in, uh, if you're watching this, I am not at my typical place. I'm in uh, my hotel room. Uh, Sarah and I have been um, at a conference uh, for the week, and we're uh, heading back um, very soon. But uh, I wanted to come uh, to come here and, and to share with you what I believe the Lord is saying uh, to us in this time. And uh, before I get into that, as usual, I want to pray because uh, it's nothing that we say or do. It's only through uh, the power and the authority uh, of the Holy Spirit that comes through Jesus and that makes a way to the Father. And so we want to pray for that, and then we'll want to dive into uh, to the Word of the Lord today. So, Father, we thank you, we praise you, we worship you in this place. We magnify your name. You are holy. There is no one like you. Would your name be lifted high? We worship you, Lord. Father, would you send your spirit to rest on us, to move on us, to fill us to the full, to overflowing, to give us ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to receive what it is you have for us today. It is by the name of your son, Jesus, we can ask these things. Amen. Well, we're... We're going to start with the verse that we've started for, uh, I would say, for the better part of six months now. And it's the verse that our prayer and intercession team um, was given. Uh, and, and I believe it is the word of the Lord for us in this hour. And so it's Isaiah 55, verse 6. We're going to start. It says this, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as high as the heavens are of the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So again, we're in a moment we're, we're, in a, we're in a specific season. We're, we're actually in this new season now. I don't know if you've, if you've felt it. I don't know if, if, you're, if you've sensed it in your spirit. We've crossed now over uh, into a new season. We're not moving into a new season. We're actually in a new season, uh, spiritually and, uh, and physically. And so those two things oftentimes will mirror one another. The Lord does things in, in seasons. He, he gives metaphors uh, like the farmer um, for a reason. Uh, he is the good gardener, and, and he is the good farmer, along with being the good shepherd. And so he works in seasons. And so all that means is that 
uh, we're, we're just we're at a new point and things happen differently uh, during this season um, just like in the natural you're, you're gonna probably pour out pull out your uh, your fall wardrobe and uh, start start getting that getting that out and put the summer clothes away because the new season requires new things and so so it is uh, with with the spiritual we're here we're in the new season and so this is a season like we've been saying that we're that we're especially sensitive to the fact that he's near he's here the Lord is here and and because of that we can seek him while he may be found is what it says we can call upon his name we we can move into a, a place of repentance of, of gaining new understanding of of having our our minds realigned uh, with the mind of Christ because as he says his ways are just not our ways and so we don't accidentally think like God we have to conform our our minds uh, to to the scriptures so that we can learn uh, to get a new mind and and learn to uh, have a renewed mind and that only comes through a study of the scriptures and through time in his presence so this is where we're at right now and and in light of that I want to share something that the Lord showed me this week um, and uh, I'll, I'll just kind of give you a quick backstory I had a dream uh, a couple of, of days ago and the Lord uh, later gave me uh, the interpretation and so that's sort of where this is coming from uh, today so hope that's not too weird for some of you uh, for some of you I know it's not weird enough uh, but we'll try to thread that line but um, we're, we're gonna we're gonna stick in the scriptures here and so we're gonna, we're gonna be talking out of uh, Luke 15 and in Luke 15 it starts with this it says this um, 15 verse 1 it says then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him and the Pharisees and scribes complained saying this man receives sinners and eats with them and so he spoke he spoke to them in parables saying the following things and then he moves in verse 4 and he talks about a shepherd going after his sheep and we'll read that. It says, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness? This is verse 4. And go after the one which is lost until he finds it. And which he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 uh, just persons who need no repentance. Then he tells another story in verse 8 here of, of Luke chapter 15. He says this. He says, Or what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice for me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of angels of God over one sinner who repents. Then he moves into this, and this is where we're going to land here. In verse 11, he says this. Then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, Give me the portion of goods that falls to me, my inheritance. So he divided them his livelihood. 
And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all when he had spent it all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed the swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. Verse 17, But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be very merry. So I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, this today uh, because one of the things the Lord showed me was that we're, we're right now being offered an invitation. If you're a follower of Jesus, I, I'm, I'm speaking to you. We're being offered an invitation in this moment, in this new season. Uh, an, an invitation to intimacy with the Father. I, I really believe that, that there is something, um, just like Isaiah is saying, for this moment where he is near. You know, the, the scriptures say that he is near the brokenhearted. And I'll tell you, for as many good things that I'm seeing and wonderful, miraculous stories that I could tell you about, I'm also seeing tremendous amounts of heartbreak, tremendous amounts of weariness, Tremendous amounts of hurt, brokenheartedness. And if we have eyes to see, what that means is that if he's near to the brokenhearted, then just as Isaiah is telling us in chapter 55, verse 6, he may be found now, maybe more than ever. With the amount of brokenheartedness echoing around the globe, it's, it does something that draws him near. And he's giving us an invitation to a greater level of intimacy in this time and in this moment. And if you didn't know, that's all he's ever wanted from you. He's only ever wanted intimacy with you. Deep abiding relationship with you. He doesn't need you to do anything. He doesn't want you to be something that he hasn't created you to be. He wants a relationship with you. You know, in this, in this really, these three parables that Jesus is talking through, he, he's telling them as a rebuttal to uh, the people saying, you're hanging out with people you really shouldn't be hanging out with. And the first one, he, he starts with the story of the shepherd. And the shepherd goes after the sheep. And, and scholars have, have thought and, and have argued and debated, and they're way smarter than me, so I, I don't know, but could be, that he's giving a representation of the Trinity 
with his three perils. He starts with the shepherd, and Jesus is the good shepherd, and the shepherd goes after uh, the the one from the ninety nine. Then he moves to to the woman, and and many many scholars and and saints uh, for thousands of years have have uh, reckoned this to the Holy Spirit, and the coin is lost, and the Holy Spirit is overturning the house and. Uh, and she's cleaning it up and she's finding the coin. And then it moves um, into the story of the Father. Obviously, this would be the Father God. Now, again, not to say that, that he's saying that the Holy Spirit is female or uh, anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. But scholars have said, and, and I kind of tend to agree some days, that, that it looks like Jesus is giving a picture of what it's like. Uh, with each of the Godhead, uh, each of the of the Trinity, and you know, you'll notice with the sheep and the shepherd, the shepherd does all the work. He goes off and he finds the the sheep that has wandered off, and and he puts it on his shoulder. He brings him back. Uh, with the coin, the coin is an inanimate object. The coin has no will or or anything, and 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 it's it's the woman who overturns all the house and does all the work and does the cleanup and does the finding. And so you could put this as a picture of of salvation with Jesus and and how he leaves the the, the ninety nine and he finds us and he, and he and he brings us into uh, into his sheepfold again and, and and he he puts us on his shoulders and he carries us across the threshold and and you could say that that the woman and the coin is is a picture of sanctification and the holy spirit is guiding and leading us into all truth and and she's overturning our 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 furniture in our house and she's rearranging and renewing the way that we think and you could talk about the idea of the father in and amongst the realm of maturity of inheritance of sonship and of daughtership. And the father and the son have a bit of a different interaction than the coin and the sheep. You see, with the father, the son comes to the father. And the son be- decides that it's time for him to go out on his own. And so he wants what, what is rightfully his, but is prematurely his now. Because the inheritance comes with the father's death. And so instead of waiting for the proper time uh, or when the father blesses him and gives him, uh, gives him that portion, he demands it. And the father has to go and liquidate his assets to divide them amongst the sons. And then the son goes off. He goes into a foreign country, into a foreign land. And, and he wastes it. He wastes his inheritance. And then a famine comes. And he's starving. And he comes to his senses. Not because of his being upset. Uh, of how he treated the father. Uh, not because he is uh, repentant of his great sin. And dishonor he's brought to the father. No, he comes to his senses because he's hungry. And he realizes that. Uh, that I could go back to my father, I could become a servant. And he starts to rehearse the story. And we know the rest of the story is the father is standing and he's looking a long way off outside the village. He's waiting. He's waiting. He's waiting. And the son finally comes. 
and and I can imagine him breaking the line of the horizon as the father is squinting, looking in the distance of when his son is going to come home. And then the father runs. The father runs to the son. And he calls, he calls and he brings the best. He clothes him in his best. And the son doesn't even get the story out of his mouth because the father doesn't care why he's home. He just cares that he's home. He cares that he's back. And he, and he says, I want the best robe, the best sandals, the best ring. Well, whose are those? Those are the father's. And he clothes him in maybe you would call it righteousness. And he welcomes him back and he has a feast. Now the story goes on in the parable and I, I don't want to go there because it's just not what I'm talking about now about the older brother and all of those things. You can draw thousands of conclusions and, and preach from this, from this passage many, many, many weeks. Uh, so there's a lot of different nuance here that can be pulled out. But here's what I want to pull out. I believe that in this time that the father is waiting. He's waiting on us to make the move towards intimacy. He's standing there, and unlike the, the, the shepherd and unlike uh, the woman, uh, he, he will only, only wait until we're ready because this is a maturity issue. This is an issue of him, him being completely ready once we get to that place of recognition of need. And so it's not because he doesn't care. No, he's, a, he's standing in a long way off. He's coming to meet us halfway. And again, this has nothing to do with salvation. That's why the shepherd's story is different with the sheep. And it even has nothing to do with sanctification because the woman is turning everything over. But I believe it has something to do with maturity. I believe it has something to do with finding our place in sonship. There's something that the Lord is doing right now and stirring right now, at least in me. When, when, I, when I see people, when I, when I interact with people, when I, when I pray with people, when I counsel people, you know, what, you know what the Lord is just continually doing? He's continually having me pray and bless a father's blessing over them. He's continually having me uh, to, to stand in that place uh, of fathering and, and to say the words of the father over them, that the father is proud, that the father takes great delight in them, that the father simply wants them to come home, that he wants relationship with them, that he wants intimacy with them. And so over and over and over again, till the point where I feel like I'm just, I'm just making this up on my own. But every time I, I'm obedient and I follow through with it, I see the impact and the connection. And I believe it's what the Lord is doing at the moment. The Father is offering a greater level of intimacy right now. And I'm going to say this because I can, and I don't know, I could be wrong, but I believe it's, 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 a, it's a bigger offering that the, that the Lord, the Father is actually offering more intimacy, maybe, than he's ever laid out on the table. Think, think about it even relationally. If, if you think about it from the standpoint of, of parental relationships, there's a moment in the relationship where, where the parent will let the child in a little bit more because they're ready. They'll, they'll open themselves up a little bit more in healthy relationships. 
because they see that the child needs it or that is ready and they'll bring them a little bit closer in. Not that they were ever far off, but, but they'll reveal a, a different part of themselves. And that's what I believe the father is doing right now. He, he's waiting on us because the, he's laid out an invitation for a deeper, greater level of intimacy and relationship. It's what he's doing on the earth right now. And, and, and we're the prodigal son. You, you may not have squandered anything, but I'll tell you, here's what I'm noticing too. Do you know what's keeping the son? And, 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 and that's, that's keeping him. He, he decides to go and, and, and take this job as a servant and, and feeding the pigs, which by the way, in the culture, they were reprehensible. You didn't touch pigs, right? So it's, it was a foul thing. Well, all through that, he still knew he had the same father. But what, what was keeping him from just saying, this is ridiculous, I'm just going home? Well, it's a shame. It's the shame of failure. It's the shame of blowing it. And only till he gets to a place of near death does he get over his shame. But you don't have to wait until you're at a place of near physical death. There's an offering right now that the, that the Father is placing forward at your feet. And he's beckoning you in closer and closer. And he's, and he's giving you a chance at a greater level of intimacy with him than ever before. And intimacy with the Father, just so you know, is everything. It's, it's to know God and to be known by him. It's the chief end of man, someone has said. And, and, and the reason is, is that it's because it's the God who created everything, can do anything, and he's been eternal. Is there anyone else in the world ever who have lived that you would rather know and grow in relationship, discover more things? It's the, it's the best. It's the end all be all. And he's, and he's giving himself over to you in this season. I, I, I'm convinced of it. Because there's, there's a moment here where he's allowing himself, maybe even, and, and not to be sacrilegious, but he's, he's being more vulnerable than he's been in a while with you. He's opening himself up a little bit more. He's giving you an opportunity. And shame kept the prodigal from coming and taking the invitation. And shame is keeping us from the invitation as well unworthiness because being a son or a daughter is difficult for many many of us because maybe we've had you know poor representations or maybe it's just a difficult thing altogether but sons don't have to strive to be sons they already are sons don't have to do anything to be loved more they already are but, but so often we let shame come in of our shortcomings, of the things that we think that maybe the Father wants us to be or wants us to do. And we only see our failures. We only see uh, what, what we haven't done. We only see uh, where we believe that he is disappointed in us. And so because of that, we have stayed far a ways off. And we're, we're, we're trying to convince ourselves that this meal of pig slop 
is our destiny. It's just, it's what we've been allotted. But it's not the father that is keeping you from your destiny, it's shame. It's shame. We talked about last week that uh, the spirit of the age is around. He's here, the enemy, Satan. And you know what he does? He counterfeits. He counterfeits. He counterfeits. And so shame is being dealt to you heavy-handedly. And I believe it is. This is why I think I'm talking about this. If, if shame is keeping you from approaching the Father and, 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 and venturing into a, a deeper level of intimacy, if, 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 if there's shame involved, then what I believe that's saying is it's a tell. Because not only in this time is the Father offering more uh, intimacy, he's also bestowing more honor on his sons and daughters. And the enemy sees this and he knows this and you know what he's doing. He's counterfeiting that. And so he's heaping the shame on you. And so in this season, here's what I'm guessing. I'm guessing you have felt an increase in shame and failure. There could be things and, and, and circumstances that have blown up around you because you've seen this increase in shame and failure. But it's not true. It's a lie. It's not how the father sees you. And I'm believing that the reason there's an increase in shame is because there's an increase in honor being poured out from the throne room onto his sons and his daughters. And I hope that makes you a bit uncomfortable. God honoring you. That should make you uncomfortable. But he does it. Why? Because he's a loving father. The father in the story of the prodigal honors this, this son who squandered everything. He puts him not in a place of acceptance, but in a place of honor. He gives him his robe. He derobes. I mean, who's wearing the best robe? He is. He's, he's taking off his robe. And he's putting it on him. He's taking off his sandals and he's putting it on him. He's taking off his robe and he's putting it on him. He's taking off his ring and he's putting it on him. He's making himself dishonorable in order to honor the son. That is scandalous. That is the gospel that is so hard for us to believe because it's too good to be true. And I hope right now there's an uncomfortableness because when sons and daughters hear this, you know what rises up? Shame. I'm not worthy of that. It sounds too much. I can give him honor, but the idea of him honoring us is too much, except that's what he does. It's written in his book. You couldn't make it up. And so, I'll close. Because there's an invitation for a greater level of intimacy through an outpouring of the Father's honor that is going to cut through your shame. But you have to deal with your shame. And you know how you deal with your shame? You exchange your burden for his. You make the exchange and you say, here's my failures. Here's my shortcomings. This is what the prodigal does. This is all the things I've done. Before you can get it out of your mouth, he's exchanging it. He's already giving you his robe, his honor. You're exchanging his beauty for your ashes. You're exchanging 
your failure for his honor. It doesn't make sense. It shouldn't. That's the gospel. And here's what the Lord showed me this week. He showed me this invitation. He showed me uh, the shame that was that was keeping his sons and his daughters from returning and coming to him and, and, and meeting him in this place of invitation. And then here's what he showed me. If you can get past it, if you can give him your shame and receive his honor, here's what he showed me. This is the next part of it. He will strengthen you more than as it were in your youth. I'm going to read Psalm 103 because this is where he led me with this. It says, Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities and mine, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, and who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. If we can bring him the shame that, that is keeping us from him, if we can bring him the failures that is keeping us from him, and if we can, if we can make the exchange, Matthew eleven twenty eight. His burden is easy. His yoke is light. And he's offering an exchange. If we can make that exchange, then he will pour out honor on us, a crown of loving kindness. And he will renew our strength like that of eagles, where, where we will have more strength in this next season, in this season that we're in, more strength, and get this, this is the last thing of what he showed me. And then victory will be our companion for the rest of our days. So we, we have an invitation from the Father, just to recap. Shame is keeping us from it. Shame is counterfeit to what the Lord is doing right now, the Father is doing right now, which is pouring out honor. If we can receive that honor... And, and move into a greater level of intimacy with the Father, then, then in that act of honor receiving, where he crowns us with loving kindness, our strength will then be renewed like that of eagles, and victory will ride with us for the rest of our days. That's what's happening in this season. I want to receive it. I hope you do too. And so I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray a blessing over you at the end because it's just what the Lord has had me to do. And I want you to just receive it. Okay, and then I, uh, that's going to be at the end. But in the, in the beginning, we're going, to, we're going to walk through this repentance of shame, of believing the lie, of coming into agreement with the enemy. The Lord doesn't speak in shame. And so if you've believed in the lie of shame, you've agreed with the other side. You've agreed with the enemy. And so we want to come out of agreement with that, come into agreement with what he says, that there is now for no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Receive that, and then we'll move forward, okay? All right. Oh, Father. You are a good Father. 
You are a good father. Lord, we repent. We repent. We repent for calling you other things than a good father. Father, we repent of our shame. We repent of coming into agreement with the voice of shame. We receive your forgiveness. Cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And now, Father, you tell us to boldly approach your throne. That's hard to do. But we come before you because we want to know you more. Father, we receive in this moment the honor that feels completely unworthy that you're bestowing on us because it is because you're doing it has nothing to do with us. We receive a crown of loving kindness being placed on our heads. Help us, help us, help us. Help us to grow in greater intimacy with you. Now I want you to hear this and I want you to hear this as though the father is saying this. The Father is pleased with you. The Father is proud of you. You're his good pleasure. You're his delight. Receive that. He blesses you in this time and in this season. And he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. And he welcomes you with open arms to come into his house, to come home. And it's because of the sacrifice of his son, Jesus, the good shepherd, that we can boldly approach the Father in these ways. So it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, this is a good thing. Uh, we, we hope to see you in our home churches. Uh, we hope to see you uh, back here online, or maybe you could join us for what will be the last time we'll gather in 522 Russell Street, this big giant cathedral, uh, next Sunday, the last Sunday in September. We're gonna have um, we're gonna have communion. We're gonna celebrate. We're gonna thank the Lord. We're gonna have a time of remembrance of thanking Him for all that He's done. Because the next Sunday, we're moving into this new moment, this new season where we're uniting and, uh, and things are going to be uh, amazing uh, in this next time. So I'm, I'm excited. I hope you join us and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you uh, in all of those many places. God bless you. For all upcoming events, more information about the Nashville Vineyard Church, please check us out at www.nashvillevineyard.org. Thank you again for listening and we hope you have a great day.